This is my first attempt at making a podcast, so I'm going to keep the introduction short and just introduce myself. My name is Teresa Foley, and welcome to my podcast. Hope you're enjoying the uh, random music that I uh, chose for the introduction part of my uh, first podcast episode. A little background on the name that I chose for this podcast. It's a variant of um, random thoughts entries, which I began writing a few years ago uh, in a notebook to help me get my thoughts out once and for all and uh, attempt to tackle my uh, struggles with mental health. opportunity in this uh, first episode to uh, once and for all tell my story and uh, allow anyone who may or may not be listening to uh, know that they're not alone and whatever you're going through I've been there and uh I'd like to encourage you to not give up and to keep on fighting. Um, I'm still here, so if I can do this, you can too. apologize for starting this uh, introductory podcast episode off in a low voice and whisper. Um, I'm recording this episode in segments, uh, very, very (laughs) short segments. And this first night, I just so happen to be doing so shortly before I have to go to bed. It is a little before 10 o'clock at night, and I just wanted to get this first part started, and as I uh, slowly start to get this episode together, um, I'll be mostly telling more about myself and... uh, uh, what what I've gone through in my uh, mental health struggling uh, journey into uh, seeking help. All right.
right, now that I'm finally able to uh, pick up recording this first episode again, I'd like to give a little background about myself so anyone who might be listening can uh, know a little about me. Uh, I am a school bus driver. Uh, I've been driving school bus for about 10 years now. Um, I uh, work with special needs kids and uh, if anyone here has uh, siblings or family members that are special needs, you know that when you uh, work with anyone that has a, a mental disability or uh, autism or anything on the spectrum uh, that you have to have a lot of patience with them and uh, figure out how to uh, uh, work with them and, 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 and uh, talk talk with them because uh, a lot of times when they get upset, it's mostly because they can't express themselves and if you have any idea how frustrating that can be, then you will understand uh, their mannerisms and uh, quirks a lot better. And why they uh, sometimes behave the way they do. Um, I uh, like my job a lot. Um, sometimes my kids have the tendency to drive me up the walls, but I love and care for each of them as if they were my own and take pride in knowing that it's my responsibility to get them from and to school uh, in a safe and timely manner. Uh, I have a good relationship with all of my students' parents. Um, they're comfortable telling me uh, some some uh, some things about their uh, their children and uh, ways to uh, get them to calm down if 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 ever they become upset. And I have taken their advice and and you know, fit figured out ways to, uh, you know, work with each of my students uh, and ensure that they stay in their seats and behave on the bus. Uh, Some ways that I do that uh, is simply by talking to them, uh, checking in on them every once in a while during the bus ride. Uh, music is a big thing for them, uh, definitely, uh, because, well, as you can imagine, uh, some of these students are on the bus for an hour or so because the school that they go to isn't in town where they, where they live. It's an hour or so away, and 
Well, that can be a long bus ride for anyone, especially someone with special needs. And, you know, sometimes uh, they get frustrated and don't know how to express why. And it's both my job and, you know, whatever aid is on the school bus with me's job to kind of calm them down and, you know, see what's going on and get them to verbalize, you know, what's bothering them. And it's not always an easy task, but, you know, that's what we're supposed to do. And it's, you know, something I've become really good at over the years and I'm a little bit proud of. If it sounds uh, like I'm a little bit hesitant and nervous to be speaking right now, it's because I am. Um, This is my very first time ever attempting to record a podcast and, you know, it's not something I ever thought that I would do or would have any interest in. Um, I actually... Uh, never considered it until, well, honestly, yesterday while I was on the school bus, I um, got the idea in my head and decided to roll with it. Um, and a big part of that is because I am currently collaborating with McLean Hospital and uh, participating in their amazing program, uh, Deconstructing Stigma, which uh, I don't know if anyone's ever heard about it, um, but in a nutshell, it is a amazing uh, global uh, campaign that normalizes Uh, talking about mental illness and, uh, you know, pushing through the uncomfortable stigma that more often than not not comes along with that. Um, I couldn't even tell you where the inspiration for me to want to participate in this program came from, I sort of just uh, woke up one night uh, around 3 a.m. and felt the overwhelming urge to want to get my story out there and sort of just began emailing a whole bunch of uh, uh, suicide Uh, prevention and mental health organizations and one of the first ones that got back to me was uh, McLean Hospital and they liked my story and encouraged me to uh, participate in deconstructing stigma and you know that was all that I needed to want to jump on board.
I apologize for uh, using different background music for every segment that I've been making, but that's sort of the whole point of this podcast. Uh, It's called Random Thoughts on Love and Hope, and along with the random thoughts, I figured why not add random background music, too? To uh, make everything full circle. Uh, I don't know if you can tell, but uh, I'm smiling right now because I didn't think that I would be able to uh, talk uh, on this podcast for as long as I have. I think I'm nearing about 10 minutes now and... I'm finding, much like in therapy, that the more you talk and open up, the easier it becomes. And I hope anyone who might be listening to this, um, becomes uh, inspired to want to open up and... Uh, talk about how they're doing and you know what they might be going through uh, whether you want to share it in the comments section or you want to tell a friend or a family member or um, know anyone else that you might trust uh, there's a lot of helplines out there that you can get a hold of uh, and uh, I, I want to go on on record in saying that I myself have uh, used uh, the text helplines uh, once or twice, and you know the people on the other end that are answering, they really are there to listen and to to help and and give you resources to uh, uh, find the um, right help that you may need and and encourage you to you know keep going and 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 reach out and you know um, get better. Um, I can honestly say that, you know, since I finally gathered, oh, sorry about that stutter, but I'm going to keep it in there because, well, I mean, another point of this podcast is to accept your mistakes and, you know, if I took out every stammer and stutter that I uh, make while recording this, you know, it wouldn't feel uh, true to the reason why I chose to start recording and putting myself out there. Okay, now that I've got the awkward introduction out of the way, uh, it's time to open up 
and, you know, dive right into, you know, my personal struggle. And to be honest, I sort of just want to get this part over with and, you know, rip that Band-Aid off because I know it's not going to be easy for me to do, but if someone hearing my story um, is encouraged to, you know, take a look at themselves and, you know, realize they're not alone in their own silent battles, then it's worthwhile for me to open up and, you know, once again, make an attempt to put myself out there by sharing my story. The easiest way for me to tell you my story is to um, share something that I wrote as a way of coping. And I can tell you right now that this is not going to be a simple task for me. I might get a little choked up and upset while reading, but you know what? At this point, I'm used to it, and I'm realizing that the more I talk about what landed me where I am, the easier it becomes. So without any more rambling from me, I'm going to get right down to it. And if you're listening um, and would like to share this or, you know, leave feedback or comments on how this might have helped you in any way, uh, by all means, I uh, would love to hear from any and all who might be listening. Alright, so the following is an entry that I originally wrote in my Random Thoughts notebook. Uh, This was written on February 7th of 2021. And without any more rambling on my part, uh, I'm just going to jump right into it. It's not August 12th, 2019. Currently. But that's alright. Today's date of February 7th, 2021, it's much more significant. Today marks two years since my mental breakdown while closing at work. This will forever be a day that both 
terrified the living daylights out of me and forced me to finally take the leap of faith necessary to seek help and turn my life around. My shift began like any other. I clocked in and took my $10 bank before beginning my deliveries. Not feeling or acting my usual happy, sarcastic, and filled with endless energy self that day. I mostly kept to myself between deliveries and did my own thing. Keep in mind, I hadn't had the best night's sleep, which was my own fault. I'd woken up to use the bathroom a few hours before my shift and checked my email before lying back down. This proved to be the worst decision of my life, and I hadn't even realized it. As fate would have it, a friend I hadn't heard from in a while messaged me on fanfiction.net, excuse me, a site that I post stories on. Needless to say, I was excited and filled with joy to hear from them as the message was pertaining to a story of mine they'd read and enjoyed. Not wanting to wait, I immediately wrote a long and winded reply back before lying down again. Needless to divulge, I'd gone to work exhausted, though my inner enthusiasm hid this fact well. As the evening waned on, I went on my deliveries and completed my nightly chores dutifully. Now, I cannot pinpoint the exact moment my delirium crept in as I do not remember much before or during its arrival. But what I do recall and will never forget are the delusions I suffered. Each scenario played before me in my mind was of a family member or friend who had taken their life. For any who might be listening to this, if you can't deal with my truth, stop listening now. For those who have been there themselves and will relate, please continue listening, my fellow warriors. I'm now going to list and recount every last delusion that I'm able to remember to the best of my ability below. Number one, my mother's mom, my grandmother, was not her real mother. The sweet, loving lady she'd grown up with had adopted her as her own daughter after her real one had taken their life a few years after my mother was born. She had been silently drowning in heartbreak ever since the love of her life had left her and found another. In real life, my mom is not adopted, and there is a birth certificate to prove so. However, her father had lost his life at a young age to an accidental carbon monoxide poisoning while working on a car in his garage. One can note the subtle similarities which are altogether frightening. Scenario number two. My ex Joseph was becoming increasingly lonely in Seoul, South Korea. Though he had met many new friends overseas, 
I myself taught in Huayan, China for a few months. While teaching English, Joe found himself missing the ones he'd left back home, along with his family and myself. During our last conversation over the phone, I'd mentioned how I left Huayan, China and gone back home. Hoping to surprise his family and myself, Joseph booked the next possible flight home to New Jersey from Seoul, South Korea. Unfortunately for him, he'd soon realized I'd landed in South Carolina instead, ready to begin the next chapter of my life with a clean slate. We'd broken up while overseas, but promised to remain friends and had succeeded, if only for a while in reality. The news I'd done so without him and by myself proved too painful for Joseph to bear. He drove out and parked near the bay, as we had countless times before, and ended his existence a few nights later. Unable to withstand his heartache, this particular hallucination never happened or else I wouldn't be here talking. Yet by some miracle, I am. Hallucination number three. My boss's mother lost her battle with ongoing depression and brought her suffering to an end when he was only just entering early adulthood. Once again, this did not actually occur. My boss at the time's mother was in fact alive and well. How do I know this? Simple. He had spoken of her a few times in the past. To the best of my knowledge, this vision doesn't relate to anyone. Well, that I know of at least. Those still hell-bent on listening will recognize the commonalities if you're unlucky enough to know me. <laughs> a little humor is essential while revealing my gingerless soul for all to listen to, as this isn't easy for anyone to do, especially myself. Number four. The voice that spoke to me throughout the remainder of my shift closing that night was a stranger to my ears. I've since come to the conclusion that whomever was speaking was possibly God, one of his angels, or a guardian of an unknown origin sent to watch over me in my hour of need. I don't remember much else, only that at one point I had been sweeping the floors at times with the broom upside down, laughing, talking to myself, presumably with my cousin Matthew, who had lost his own life in 2015 by suicide, and pointing at my wrist at a tattoo I'd gotten a few years earlier in his memory. Noticing that I clearly was not okay a co-worker who had been closing alongside me offered to finish up mopping so that I could head home. I owe him my eternal gratitude as his actions later saved my life. 
Upon counting out my tips, clocking out, and leaving, I found myself sitting in my pickup truck with my foot on the brakes as I shifted through gears. At one point, in my hospital stays abstract report, it was said I'd been doing so for three hours straight. I'd gone to leave, but soon found myself again with my foot on the brakes and shifting through gears repeatedly. A short time later is when a police officer and a little while after that, an ambulance arrived. My concerned coworker had convinced our boss to make a phone call for my safety. The police officer asked if I was all right and whether or not I'd taken any drugs that evening. Of course, still lost in delusions, mind you, my response was perfectly clear. I told the officer that I hadn't taken anything and was clearing my system to maintain my CDL as I had a physical coming up and even though I wasn't using it at the moment, I wasn't willing to risk losing my credentials by failing a drug test. Keep in mind at the time I was delivering pizzas for Domino's, not driving a school bus as I currently am. This was a few years ago. Um, okay, now that I've gotten that out in the air and clarified that, I'm going to continue. I'm able to laugh at this part now since even though I'd literally lost my mind, my honesty was still very much intact, amusingly. While I don't remember my ride in the ambulance to Tom's River Medical or any examinations they'd perform, I do recall feeling time pass slowly as different events in my life flashed before my eyes. I also discovered laughter helped me speed up times agonizingly an excruciatingly delayed process. I still have no idea why this was, but it helped push me through with each crazed hysterical chuckle. The only other thing I recollect with amazing clarity was hearing the voice of my ex Joseph uttering to my other old boyfriend, John, huh? I guess she truly did love me, which I now bitterly snicker at because even before we dated, I always told Joe that I loved him, even when he never once said those same words to me. When I finally awoke the next evening, I found myself in a hospital bed, alone and scared wondering what the hell I had done and doing my best to act normal. At that point, I'd become genuinely horrified of being shipped to a mental institution, much like I had once often joked about. Believe me when I tell you, I was not laughing then. To my great relief, the following afternoon, I was discharged. My brother picked me up and took me home. 
and the very next day I drove to Ocean Crest Mental Health in Toms River and sought the help I'd come to realize I desperately needed. This was the best decision I ever could have made for my well-being. I've learned to open up about what is weighing on my heart and mind. I've also found my way back to a career that I truly love as a school bus driver. The reason for me finally sharing my personal struggle is that maybe it will help someone else find the strength to overcome their own inner battle and find the courage to seek help and get better. Please do not give up on yourselves and continue to look for those brighter days ahead. Amen. As I mentioned at the beginning of this, um, I originally wrote this in my random thoughts entry notebook, which, as I also said, uh, was a, probably the main inspiration for me wanting to take a chance and put out an episode for this podcast that I decided to make the other day. Wow. All right, cool. I'm glad I got that out and uh, was able to read that. Uh, I... (laughs) That was actually the second time that I re- recorded myself uh, telling that story. The first one, I stumbled and stammered and made a whole bunch of goofs. But um, the second time was a little bit better. And honestly, I could spend all night uh, deleting and re-recording that story of my truth but I I would rather not because I think that the hesitancy that was shown in my voice um, shows how vulnerable um, I made myself and how difficult doing so wound up being. Um, And that's a huge point of why I wanted to uh, share that with you guys, to show that um, while it's not easy to do so, in fact, it's really, really difficult. Um, When you open yourself up and you get whatever's weighing on you out, you you, 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 you just, you, you feel a lot better afterwards like right now I, I 
Will you, will you, I can't even form a sentence. I'm so happy that I was able to do that. And I wish that anyone listening could see the huge smile that's on my face right now because when I tell you that I didn't see myself uh, getting through that retelling of what I went through without uh, getting teary-eyed or upset um, or even crying, um, I mean it. I, I don't know how I got through that without becoming upset, um, but I feel like the fact that I did is a huge positive. And I'm, I'm really glad that I, I got to um, record that and put it out there for you guys to listen to. I was going to um, read something else to you, um, given a little insight on uh, you know, what led to my uh, breakdown that night at work and the grief that I held on to for five, well, going on six years. Um, you never really get over the loss of you know, losing someone by suicide. Um, but I decided to save that story for the second episode uh, of this podcast. And um, you know, and this one on a positive note, I saying that uh, if anyone out there actually listened to this, um, thank you. Uh, I would also like to take a second to thank uh, Sean Shinnick from McLean Hospital, um, who encouraged me uh, through email to participate in the Deconstructing Stigma campaign. Uh, I'm happy to announce that as of today, I uh, completed another step of that process by submitting photographs that my sister helped me take uh, for the for the campaign and uh, once I was uh, done uploading them for uh, him to review and approve, I um, felt relieved that um, I am doing this and, you know, figuring out a way to somehow, in my own way, make a difference.
Um, I've, I've said this a million times and I'll probably say it a million more. Um, I never really got over uh, the fact that I lost my cousin and for a long time I blamed myself, which I guess at one point everyone who loses someone by suicide does. And, you know, you find yourself wondering, you know, if you had called or, you know, saw that they were hurting or, you know, got them to, to reach out and uh, talk to someone about what was going on with them that, that led them to that decision, you know, would they still be here? I can't answer those questions six years later. And I'm honestly, I'm not sure that anyone who's lost someone to suicide will ever have an answer to that question. The best that I can say is that he didn't know how to ask for help, didn't think that he could. And that hurts knowing that because I would have been there for him in an instant without question if I had known how much pain he had been in. And, you know, uh, next month in October, uh, my family and I were going to Maryland and doing another out of the darkness walk in his memory. And in a way that is a big reason why I'm talking to myself right now in this uh, introductory episode podcast because I I wanted to find a way to honor my cousin's memory and keep it alive. So this first episode, it's in your memory, Matt. I miss you. I love you. And I swear to God, please hold those gates open so I could sneak into heaven when it's my time. And anyone who's listening, if you're going through a rough time, don't give up. Keep fighting. I am.
Believe it or not, I actually fell asleep um, editing and listening over uh, this first uh, podcast that I'm about to publish. Um, I began it about two days ago, and as I near, uh, no, kind of talking myself into pressing that publish button, and I'm looking at today's date, I'm noticing that it's September 11th, uh, for any American um, they know today's date. It's hard. Uh, I could actually tell you where I was that day 20 years ago when those planes hit those towers. I was in math class, sophomore year. It was second or third period, and my old math teacher came into my present math classroom at the time and said, Turn the television on. They've done it again. They've hit the World Trade Center. And I remember my teacher turning the television on and watching the news. seeing the planes hit the towers sorry That's something that stuck with me and I'm sure has stuck with many others. So before I sign off, I would like to hold a moment of silence for every American who lost their lives the day those towers fell. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, I would also like to add 
that if anyone is in the Jersey area and knows Ocean County, more specifically where where town is, uh, tonight at Albert Hall off Wells Mills Road, Route 532, I will be volunteering alongside a bunch of amazing people and when the door opens to the hall we will be holding a special show in honor and memory of all who lost their lives on September 11th. And I'd like to take this time to invite any and everyone who is listening to this right now to come out and and join us and listen to some pretty amazing music. Uh, it's $5 for a ticket. Um, there's two and a half hours, maybe three of country, folk, and bluegrass music. Um, the bands are all local and it's a fun night. We do a uh, raffle and at the end of the night, when the raffles pulled, one lucky person goes home with uh, whatever was collected for the raffle that night. It's a fun night and uh, the bands are really amazing and I would love to see you there if, uh, if you come. <laughs>